0: Makes it easier, easier
1: Good morning, Chicago. Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shafe. We got Jay Moore. And we got you in a Deal Breakers Thursday. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Watch our show on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for ESPN Chicago there as well as on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN Chicago. The Bulls, they defeated the Charlotte Hornets on the road yesterday by a score of 117 to 110. We are not here this morning to break down the Bulls in Charlotte. Cap saw more of that game than I did because I was in Evansville covering the UIC Flames and the Purple Ices of Evansville. So I did not see that game. Saw the highlights and heard what Billy Donovan had to say. So Billy Donovan had his quote in the uh, press conference yesterday. Cap, and when you're on the road for whatever reason, NBC Sports Chicago, and you once worked there, they'll just take a, a. They won't play the entire press conference. They'll just give you a little bit of a, a sliver of it. On NBC Sports Chicago, maybe three, four minutes on the road. At home, you get the whole thing. On the road, a couple minutes here and there. So the quote from Billy Donovan said, talking about approaching the front office about a deal, I wouldn't be like, let's just fill bodies because you end up doing that and the dynamics of your team might not be the same. That's what's important to me. The dynamics of the team. Cap, I need you to explain to me at 23 and 26, what are the dynamics of the Chicago Bulls?
2: They have a bunch of dudes that get along. Yeah. They have a couple good young players. Kobe White is a really, really improving player. They have Io Desumu who's a bench rotation guy who's having a pretty good season. Um, DeRozan, a veteran presence who turns it over too much for me. The other night against Toronto. Their coach, I can't remember his name. Toronto? Yeah.
3: Foreign gentleman. Yes. Darko something. Yeah. What's that? Darko something. Darko Ryakovich, I think. Okay. you got to to take that back. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm pretty sure that's his name. I might have just pulled that
2: right out of my keister. So Ryakovich (laughs) decides he's going to, every time in the fourth quarter, they're Coming into the front court, get him, Jay Moore. They get Get the they get the ball to DeRozan. They're going to do what we call blitz the the ball handler. They run two guys at him. He turned it over five freaking times. Bulls lose. Yep. Last night he's trying, and I had him to get twenty points in my same game parlay. And DeRozan multiple times trying to take it into the painted area and gets blitzed again. Turnover. He finishes with 18. I was so pissed. So mad. But he's a solid player. Vooch is a solid player. They don't have any stardom there. Don't tell me Zach Levine's a star because he's not. Yeah, He's not. He's a good, talented player. Not a winning player.
1: This thing is poorly constructed. I don't like him saying that they just you make a deal just to fill BOT. That's not... That's not the reason why you make a deal, unless you're tanking, and you just need to fill out a roster to get to the end of the season. No, but he's
2: accurate because nobody wants Zach Levine in the league. That's been reported by Windhorst again, Cowley, Casey, Johnson, all of them. You have to just get bodies back in a deal to make the salaries match. You can't, like a friend of mine said, just give me a couple picks and you can have it doesn't work that way. you got to match the salaries. you got to make the salaries match up. Then you're just moving
1: bodies. That's exactly what you're doing. I was, I was told by an NBA source close to, the, close to the situation that says the only suitor is Detroit. Yeah. And, that, and you're not getting the front line guys from the Pistons. The only way the money matches is if you get some of those guys from the Pistons. That's the middle of the road. That might be Weissman also in that deal on the other side cap when i was told so you're not getting kate cunningham no you're, you're not, not getting their best players you're not getting them but you're getting the middle of their roster that's what i was told and that's the and so yes in that regard i would agree yes it would be just getting bodies they're players but ultimately you have to be able to pick a lane everyone at the time cap you remember us talking about this people say you gotta pay zach you gotta pay zach okay fine All right, so you paid Zach, and you're kind of in the same spot, running in place, if not going backwards as a franchise. And so for Michael Reinsdorf, we have talked about this ad nauseum, about being the bell of the ball or being the talk of the league. There's no way I can own this franchise, the Chicago Bulls, the home that Michael Jordan built at the United Center, and just be satisfied with the popcorn trick and butts in seats at the United Center, and that's good enough. See, we, you and I fight this narrative all the time from fans. Long-time fans or kind of casual fans say, you know, Chicago Bears don't spend any money. The Cubs team, they don't spend any money. Bulls don't spend any money. So we fight this all the time because we see how the salaries have risen over the years. Mm-hmm. Where you've seen the teams that we root for have met those expectations as far as being able to pay players. That's a narrative from 20, 30 years ago. But the casual fans all oh, these teams are cheap. They're not cheap. It's, it's, it All is... Predicated on how you spend the money, and who you spend it on. They spent it on Zach Levine because if it wasn't Zach, who's going to get that money? And how would they be able to build a franchise? They thought they could ride the the wave, the crest of Zach Levine, and it's not working. What I'm telling you is Cap is that this Bulls team, with DeRozan, the oldest player on the team, with Bucevic, who you who you paid also in the off season, and Zach Levine. That as you mentioned. It is just a poorly constructed roster, and there's nothing really new about this roster. This is no shade of Kobe White either. He's going to get a lot of votes for most improved. He has to. Look He's at him. He's an all star. He is a really, really good player. But I guess the, uh, my bottom line is what else? What else? If you're not in the upper echelon in the East or West cap, you just, you're just sunk.
3: Isn't it? Like, I, I want to play devil's advocate a little bit for the people who say that the Bulls don't spend money. They've been in the luxury tax one time in franchise history, once. Yeah, that's
2: embarrassing.
3: That's pathetic. That is cheap. True. Like, there's no other way to put it. That was there was no luxury tax in the '90s, right? No, but since the luxury tax and the cap have been what they've been one time, it was 2013-14 when Derrick Rose tore his meniscus. You like that's unacceptable. And we've heard even in the year where they were competitive, when Lonzo before he got hurt and you were the one seed, we're not going in the tax. A year after, we're not going in the tax. And there were options available, and they've just refused. Well, they keep saying, we will only pay the tax for a team that we feel has a chance to
2: take a run at a title? As of late, yes. Okay, that's as of late, but you're right. But how about when Tibbs was here, and you had to move Corver, the bench mob, remember that? Yeah, we we can't go in the tax.
1: Well, well, listen, there's a lot of examples of them, how they should have gone in the tax, but they... It's not saying that they settled, but it was a good team when Derrick was, was healthy. But the idea that, well, we don't want to make a deal with the Lakers because we can't part with Luol Deng, that kind of nonsense, uh-uh. And that was reported by Casey Johnson. You recall this, right? I asked Pax, who is the most honest dude in the world. Uh-huh. I said,
2: I thought you were getting Kobe. He said we didn't put Ben Gordon or Luol Deng in the deal.
1: You couldn't part with Luol Deng. Think about it. That was the
2: guy they wanted was
1: Luol Deng. Yes. And Kobe Bryant was on this station as I was hosting with Sean Salisbury. We had Kobe Bryant on. Kobe was kind of doing a PR tour mm-hmm. on this station. He was doing Middays, uh, Salisbury and Rosenblum. <laughs> so I was filling in and doing that show. And, <laughs> and we asked Kobe, he's like, Co- I asked him, I said, Kobe, have you ever considered going elsewhere? And he said, yeah, you know, I've thought about Chicago, my wife and my kids we went around the city. We looked at schools. I seriously considered coming to the Chicago Bulls. Yep, he, he was, was looking
2: at schools in Highland Park. Yes,
1: he was, not of, he was not afraid of the Jordan shadow at all. Not at all. He embraced it. I know th- I know. there's a different narrative out there. Not that Kobe's passed away, Laker for life, blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of disconnect between Kobe and the Lakers for a while. Yes. He won with them, but he was not happy he, with Buss' kid. And He
2: wanted to be here. They yeah. literally, he and his... Uh, widow Vanessa, yeah, literally, we're looking in Deerfield, Lake Forest, schools? Highland Park mm-hmm. at
1: schools yep. and at homes. I remember, he told me, yeah, he, he said, yes, we seriously because that would have really shook up the basketball world, cap. Because they oh just thought, my goodness, they thought this guy would be like a Laker for life, but there was there was a lot of issues with Doctor Buss's uh, son was running the Lakers. Jim Buss. You know what the hell he's doing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and so they surrounded him with dead people. It was Kobe and a bunch of dead people yeah. after Shaq left.
1: Kobe said it. Kobe said he was interested. So I guess the point is, though, is that for that deal, you couldn't part with Luol Deng. Like, that's the whole thing I kept coming back to. Like, come on now to make a deal for Kobe Bryant. You definitely do that. Now, as far as getting into the tax. So Cap, think about uh, post championship years as, the, as far as the tax concern. You're not going into the tax with Ron Mercer and Jalen Rose on the team. Correct. Where were you going with that? I had no problem that when they were rebuilding,
2: they didn't go into tax. That's just stupid.
1: That's just wasting money. But then we get into the Derrick area and we also talk about, and this goes back to an old conversation we used to have about free agents not coming to Chicago. Now, of course, the free agents today in the NBA, I wouldn't come here either. But I mean, at the time, Melo would have put the Bulls into the tax if Melo would have came. He chose the Knicks instead. You recall this, right? Yeah,
2: fraud, Melo, Anthony. I'm all about winning. No, you're not. You're about getting the last dollar. Yeah. Bulls thought they were getting him.
1: Imagine Carmelo on that Bulls team against the big three of Miami. Now you got a a war. It was was enough that the try-hard Bulls was pushing Miami's ass when when they were scoring. What was the Bulls scoring? Maybe less than 100 points a game. They're just strong defensively under Tibbs. Imagine Melo being part of that mix. Mm Oh, man. I mean, so five four or five year deal so now you're talking about getting into the tax other free agency where lebron james and dwayne wade and chris bosh came to chicago and, and try to sell their people don't years. realize
2: how close that came yes they, you're in the tax then for sure hundred yeah. percent they were willing to do that and rightly so yeah and the late henry thomas was the agent for dwayne wade he was kind of orchestrating everything from his offices here in chicago and they only had two max slots available LeBron and D-Wade. Mm-hmm. And D-Wade said that you got to get a third slot. We promised Bosh. we got to be all together. And the Bulls couldn't clear. I'm trying to remember who they were trying to trade. But they were trying to move a big salary. And they co- maybe it was Luol Deng. They were trying to move a guy. <laughs> and they couldn't get anybody to take him. And
1: they couldn't get the money moved. Shea, I need you to start the campaign to get a banner for Luol Deng. The untrade God, that you, they, they First guy that you
2: don't want to give out up. Now you can't get rid of
1: it. <laughs> I mean, uh, but Shay, when you hear those old stories, not that old, but you hear that old stories. I mean, how does that how does that resonate with you? That you you don't you can't move the all ding because if you do. You know, you could possibly get Kobe Bryant. You can't move Lou Aldang because, you know, if you do that, then you can't have the big three. I mean, that's what it came down
3: to. It's what this team is right now. It's the same thing happening, right? Oh, we can't move Alex Caruso. God forbid we move a winning player. God God forbid we... How old is Caruso? 80. I don't think he's 80. He's got to be
2: 30, 29 or 30. He's 29. 29? Yep. Okay, why would you keep him? And I like him. I'd love to coach him. As a, he's a winning ball player. You aren't winning with him, and you could get something pretty juicy. LeBron would take him right now. You're telling me that you couldn't get two number ones for him, or a one and a, a player.
1: Uh, and what else is in the deal? Not just Caruso. Well, i got to match
2: the money. Yeah. No, I'll
1: give you Caruso. Caruso and. That's it? Oh, what else you want? I mean, it can't be – I can't get – I'm not sure I can get that much back for Caruso.
3: I think you any, – literally any Guarantee team – Guarantee you you'd get a first-round pick. Guarantee any, you. Any team that, like, thinks they can compete this year would fall over themselves to get a guard like that who can defend and plays hard, hustles. Guarantee you. Match the money. He doesn't make that much. It's not that hard.
2: Give me a guy in the final year of his deal. And a number one pick, and I'm in.
1: Yeah, I'd like to know where that pick, it would be a low number one pick for sure.
2: That pick has to have lottery, no lottery
1: protection. Hey, yeah, that's tough because Caruso is the, the it could be the key to any playoff team, especially when he's healthy. Correct. Because that's that's the only pitfall for that is that you're getting Caruso, but how many games will he play? Like if you're the Celtics and you and you took him with Drew Holiday, oh my God, you're locking anybody down. Yeah. He'll take on but anybody. Walkie's like, oh, oh, boy. We got problems now. And by the way, Doc hasn't won a game since he's the coach. It's not Blake's fault, though, baby. You couldn't beat Portland in Portland. Holy smokes, with Dame Lillard going back. How about that? They can't, and by the way, still can't guard. But that's on Adrian Griffin. That's his, that's his problem. Correct. It's his fault. It's not my fault, though, baby. We just couldn't guard. We're okay. Okay, Doc. Okay. Good luck. Okay. You, you brought a head coach in. Milwaukee brought him in, Craig, brought him in to be the head coach. And you ever know Doc to be this defensive wizard?
2: No. Okay.
1: For his teams, Clippers, Philly? No. I agree. Uh, sidebar, may I approach? Yes. Brought to you by Lincoln Law, 3126 million. Go ahead. For Put the, that lawyer in your phone. For the great. For the great Howard Aiken. Sound my ball. There you go. you got to give him his moniker. There you go. You called him the great Howard Aiken. He's the best. I'd like to uh, revisit something that Albert Breer said on our show a couple of days ago. Yep. Albert Breer from SI.com and Monday Morning Quarterback was talking about how the NFL views Luke Getzey as an offensive coordinator. Listen.
4: He's very well respected. Um, And, in fact, I think there uh, are people out there that think... He did a pretty good job, you know, the last couple of years, all things considered, um, bringing Justin along, um, building an off- offense for Justin, weathering the injuries, having a rookie quarterback ready to go in Tyson Bajan. Um, you know, it wasn't an ideal situation the last two years. And so I do – I would say there are enough people that feel like, you know, like that that, that the potential that he had two years ago when he was hired um, and became an offensive coordinator – that potential is still there, and some of the circumstances were an issue for him in Chicago. And, like, guys, if, if you thought it was broken, right? Like, if you're Matt Eberflus and you thought it was broken, then why did, like, every guy you look at come from the same tree, right? Like, they were looking to continue on what Luke Getzi had built in that sort of McVay, Shanahan, LaFleur type of system, right? And they go mm-hmm. and get a guy who fits that in Shane Waldron. So I think that's also, I, I'd say, proof at least that, that Eberflus and, um, and, and polls and those guys didn't think the thing was completely broke.
1: You can hear the interviews in entirety on the Cap and Jay Hood feed on the ESPN Chicago app. Just click Cap, Jay Hood, go to Tuesday, hear a really great conversation that we had with Albert Breer that was eye-opening on a number of fronts. You probably ask Cap, you say, Jay, why are you playing that? Why, why, why are we hearing this on Thursday? The reason why that we're hearing this on Thursday morning, Cap, is because I want to ask a question, a broad question. Mm-hmm. Is there a popular coach or manager that's come through this town that fans did not want to get fired eventually? Is there a popular coach or manager that fans didn't want to ultimately want fired? Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator formerly for the Chicago Bears, there was a fire under his ass as soon as he got here because ultimately the offensive coordinator is the head coach of the offense. Mm -hmm. It always comes down to coaches versus players. Look at our show every morning. We always hear, this coach isn't getting it done, and we love Justin Fields, or this coach isn't getting it done, You know, we love Zach Levine, whatever it is. It has come down, it's, it's as old as the hills. We're on sports radio, we're firing coaches, we think coaches are underwhelming, or they don't get the job done, and we love the players. Because we don't have coaches' jerseys. We don't have a Luke Getsey and he has no number, so we don't wear the uniform or the jersey of a coach. But coaches versus players is always something. In the court of public opinion, coaches will only curry favor with the fans in the introductory press conference and if the team wins. There is no in-between. It's only in-between. When when Ibraflus was hired, there were some that called us and said, oh, new head coach, Matt Ibraflus, all right, let's roll with him. Let's see what happens. And I poured cold water on it because I knew that this team was in transition. At least that's what I thought at the time. But people were excited about it at the beginning. But if the team wins, that coach is great. But if you underachieve, that guy sucks. My point is, is that with Luke Getze, from all the conversations that we've heard and everything we've read, for Luke Getze to go from team to team to team interviewing for jobs, Luke Getze was not the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. As a matter of fact, listen to sports radio across the country. If a team is underachieving offensively, that offensive coordinator is getting killed on sports radio. Correct. All the time. Correct. I you would think it's just Chicago. It happens all the time. Ben Johnson was taking slings and arrows and ninety seven won the ticket in Detroit. They, they like they were talking about okay, you know, we disagree with our, our with Dan Campbell, some of his decisions, but that second half wasn't good enough. That Ben Johnson, I hope he does get a job and gets out of here. I heard that. I'm like, it's like me and Cap every day <laughs> every day, right. right? Correct. So it just what my whole point is is that Fans see a coach and are excited, but if you don't win, it's not on the players. So, Getsy. It's on the coaches.
2: Getsy's interviewing. When is it today?
3: Shea, today? Is it New England?
2: New Uh, England for the second time.
3: I think he interviewed with New England for a second time yesterday.
2: And he's also interviewed twice now with New Orleans. He's interviewed with the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, there are people interested. Like, if you're interviewing a guy twice, you're seriously interested. Hey, can you come back? We want to talk to you about some more stuff. You're not doing that just so you can get intel on Justin. That's not accurate. Right. You know, somebody might talk to you once. Hey, can I set up a Zoom? Tell me about Fields. Blah, blah, blah. When they fly you in twice, they're interested. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you're getting it because there's other good candidates. But his rep in the league, way better than the fan base here would believe.
1: Do you think Luke Getzy's, uh rep in the league is better than Justin Fields' rep in the league? That's a great question. I mean. I think so. Wow.
3: I think probably,
1: yeah. And, 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 here, and here's what we base it on. How many different places does Getze talk to? And then when you hear from Albert Breer, what we just heard, I mean, Breer is as plugged in as anyone. We are blessed to have him on every Tuesday. Yeah. Some of the other people in the network don't even have time for a Captain J-Hood, but Albert Breer has time for us every Tuesday. Nonetheless, yep. he's the best. point is, though, is that he's plugged in and has the information. When he says that, yeah, there's a lot of people that like Luke Getze. Now, listen, we all seen the same games offensively. Ultimately, as I always say, when the offense struggles, it's on Justin. It's on the offensive coordinator. It's on the talent and the production not being there enough for the Bears to win. Correct. All right. So why is it that is getting all these interviews?
2: Because people believe he's a good football coach.
1: Same, but same losses, though. I mean, we saw the games
2: because they don't believe in. Uh, in the league, there is not as much love for Justin as there is among the fan base.
3: I also like these teams are just—it's the copycat league, right? Like you're a guy who worked with Lafleur, who has history with Shanahan, McVeigh. Like all these things, you're going to run an RPO-heavy offense. That's the new thing everybody's into. I think it's the style of offensive coordinator as much as it is what he did. And I think people are less married to the accomplishments as as an offense in Chicago because you can write it off. Like if Getzey sits in those interviews and goes, look, I did the best with what I had. Justin Fields can't can't do this, this, and this. I got the most out of what I think we had the ability to do. He's also got the right people in his corner for those teams to then go, okay, that makes sense. So in. Right. So, so, so. so
2: Gerard Mayo gets his phone
3: yeah. ringing. Who is it? Sean McVay. Hey, man, I know Getzy.
2: All right. I appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, uh, Matt LaFleur's on the phone. Hey, I love Getzy. Mm-hmm. It, you, that, you hire him. That's a good. Uh, okay. Uh, hold on. Shanahan's on the phone. Fo- like, okay, I got it.
1: Shea just made a, a a tax season parallel there. Just kind of like the, t- <laughs> the time for Getzy in Chicago is a write-off. Mm-hmm. That's what he says, like a write-off, just right. like, you know what? Like a business expense. This is this is what I did when I was with – God bless you. This is what I did with Justin Fields. But here's the offense that you you primarily see in the NFL, and I know I can run it. it. Aaron Rodgers is probably right on the top of that LinkedIn resume. Oh, yeah, I work with Luke. Yeah, he's huh. good. Yeah, he loved – Aaron loved Luke Getzy. Um, so the perception so – just uh, just saying. So the perception from the league that he's talking to, that Getsy's talking to is – yeah, we believe in what you can run more so than the quarterback you work for. Because I'm, I'm wondering, like, how does that work in the interview process? I see the numbers and the underachievement from Justin Fields. You were the OC. Do I turn a blind eye to that? Or, do you, or, or does, he, does he just say, you know what, Justin, we tried everything we could. We came hat in hand. It just didn't work. He, there, he just can't get better. So there are a bunch of people
2: that believe he got everything he could get out of Justin. There are a lot of people that believe that in the league. I'm not talking about fans or media. People in the league. <laughs> Dude. Like, I, I can tell you there's one team that people keep speculating would trade for Justin. They wouldn't trade for Justin if you paid his contract for him. Okay. No. They, they. He's not their style quarterback. Um, Sylvie also brought some up with Waddley the uh, last couple of days. Mm-hmm. So Patrick Mahomes, you know how we have people calling in here going... Caleb Williams looked terrible against Notre Dame. They only went seven and five. Okay, the Texas Tech Red Raiders played the Iowa State Cyclones on my birthday, November 19, 2016, mm-hmm. his last season. Texas Tech fell to four and seven, two and six in the league with this generational best quarterback in the history of the world. That day, Iowa State, who was three and eight. You were not playing, like, you know, the national champs there. Right. Not, Iowa not State non-bowl team. Correct. Mm-hmm. Iowa State, 66, Texas Tech, 10. 66 to 10. Both. And then Sylvie read the stats. Yeah. Mahomes, 18 of 36 for 219, a touchdown and two interceptions. Dude, you know, people are like, how could you not have seen how great he was in college? Mm-hmm. Pull that
5: game up.
1: He was horrible. What was his final score? 66 what? 10. 66-10. Yeah. Red Raiders post-game show next on the Red Raider Radio Network. Correct. Beat Wait. the living daylights out of him. <laughs> <laughs> so, See how people speak from ignorance? Right? And he, you can have an opinion, but there's, there's facts. There's like a box score right in front of you. He went
2: to the perfect situation. He sat for... A season behind Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. He had Andy Reid. And guess what? He also had Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and he became a star. They all grew together. If he was here, he'd be a dope with a B on his hat.
1: Yep. Three one two, three three two three seven seven six Zarphon will be on be on his fourth head coach and his fifth O C. Correct. Around here. And Mitch Trubisky would be on his
2: Six straight AFC title game.
3: or, or maybe Allen Robinson would be a thirty million dollar wide receiver. Ah! Right? <laughs> surprise, surprise!
1: Just, what are you? Get out of there, Smokey! I'm Nobody asked you.
3: Maybe Allen Robinson makes a hundred and twenty million dollar contract. I don't know why Smokey jumped in on your
1: point. That's that. Get out of there, Smoke! No one asked you. He doesn't anyway, know. Happy Chinooka. Hey, baby. <laughs> Ellen Robinson would have a $30 million contract, baby. Hey, baby. No. Surprise,
2: surprise. You. It's Smokey Robbins.
1: Happy Chanuka, everyone. Let's go to the phone lines, baby. Shane and Elgin is on Cap'n J Hood. Shane, hey, baby.
5: <laughs> What's up, Shane? Oh, my God. Happy February, guys. What up? Um, Another bunch, man. You guys are cracking me up, and I love watching you guys on the YouTube live streams. That is, uh, it's, it's even better watching you guys live. Um, you. So, hey, I wanted to get your thoughts. Hypothetical. Uh, I would love to see polls. So if I'm the GM, I want to get aggressive this year, and I want to kind of mimic what Texans did last year in the draft. I want to call the Cardinals, GM, old Monty, and say, hey, I want your fourth pick. I want the first and the fourth. I don't know what it's going to take. You know, may take our ninth, obviously our ninth and our next year, maybe a first pick, but I'm pushing it all in because I want Caleb or the quarterback of the choice, and I want Marvin Harrison Jr. What do you
2: think it's going to take you to get the fourth pick?
5: Well, I mean, you trade your ninth, you trade maybe Carolina's second next year and your first. Of 20, 2025. To go, to go nine to four?
2: Yep. Nine to four, but... But if I can get Roma Dunze or I can get Malik Neighbors for a lot less, why wouldn't I do that? Those guys are
1: really good players too. Yeah, but, Sh- you, but Shane but he wants to be—he wants elite, though. He wants the best wide receiver yeah. on the board. That is yeah, Marvin Harrison. I,
5: yeah, I want Marvin Harris. But again, in my, my thing, my thinking is this: the mocks are showing that you got the three QBs coming off one, two, three, and then four, five, six are the, the wide receivers. So you may not have Rome or um, the LSU. Um, receiver okay.
2: Them. Okay, then I
3: get Brock right. Bowers. We we stop with the Brock Bowers. Why? Yeah,
5: I'm not a Brock Bowers. I, we got just, a tight end on the roster,
3: making 15 million. A hold on you on can't a second.
5: spend a
2: top 10 pick Brock on a tight Bowers end. is a receiving tight end. Cole Kmet is more of an Inline tight end. He can catch passes, but he's not that kind of threat down the field. Stop yeah, yourself. But if
5: you have a DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. That's just going to make Kmet even better than he is today. That's fair. I'll take Brock
1: Bowers. No, no. Yeah. I mean, no. What, he, what, what you're saying, Shane, is fair. I mean, that's again, that's roll the dice. But yeah. what, you're, what you're looking at is arguably the best quarterback on the board and the best wide receiver on the board. And you're doing all that you can to get there. And I feel the Cardinals. And, and last thing I'll
5: say, and I'll hang up. And, and again, love the show. I, I feel the Cardinals need more than just Marvin Harrison Jr. I, you know, they've been tied to a top left tackle. They know they can get that at nine. They can get a second. And you know, our future first. I mean, they did it last year. It worked for them, and it worked for the Texans. So, Shame. guys, I love the show. Thank you very Thanks much.
1: Pat. Hey, um, Shay, let me throw this into overreaction. Uh, I know this is not uh, around the NFL, but here's one for you. If I'm Marvin Harrison and I might fall to three of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. no thank you. No. Pass. I'm not going to be Larry Fitzgerald here in this desert. And how Screw are you? That.
2: how are you going to avoid being there? Nope. Guess what? You already declared, sorry. Nope. You're going wherever you get drafted. That's I'm, the National Football League, and you're going to make tens of millions of dollars.
1: I'm John Elway. I ain't going. Yeah. It's I, not I, going to work. I'm, no. I'm not, like, I'm not going to sit there and be Larry Fitzgerald and die in the desert because you know that's what's going to happen, Cap. And you're going to die a very wealthy man. Nope. Not good enough. I want to win, too. You won't be able to control where you go. Oh, that's never happened in the NFL. No. That was a
2: number one pick, and it's happened, what, twice? Elway and
1: Eli. I would not want to go there. Would you? I'd to die? Very easily live in Scottsdale. Yeah, in a- yeah of course. If he, but and get my,
2: make, make my $40 million. I'll be good. Yeah,
1: of course. He's an old man and likes Scottsdale. What a surprise. I'm talking about someone of, of his age and his ilk. Absolutely not. Hey, Larry Fitzgerald, what's up, man? Don't come here. You'll
3: die. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Just uh, this No. One, I'm still mad about this Brock Bowers thing. Cole Komet caught 73 passes last year. We're turning him into a blocker. He makes $15 million dollars a year. I didn't say
2: he's a blocker. But you, guess what? You need two of them. I'll play one as an inline tight end. His name's Cole Komet. I'll put Great. my Travis Kelsey Jr. out there in okay, Brock fine. Bowers.
3: Where was Travis Kelsey taken in the draft? Like the fourth round. Where was Gronk Eight. taken in the draft? Second, I think. Where was Sam Laporta, Eight. who was maybe the best tight end in football, taken in the draft? Third. Second. Second. I'm not taking a tight end top ten. That's Eric Ebron, Kyle Pitts, read him, Remix. I'm good.
1: And I love Brock Bowers as a Georgia fan, as you well know. And he's going to be great, but just not not at nine. Mm-mm. There's some people don't think he will be there at nine. Brock's... I... I yeah. I knew this watching every snap of his play. He grew as a football player. There's no doubt, Cap. I just, I don't see if that's, I don't know how high he is on the Bears board. Let's put it that way. Coming up was Aaron Rodgers going for the worst teammate award. We'll explain that coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Here's today's headlines Headlines. with Cap and Jay Hood.
2: All right, let me tell you the headlines. Iowa women's basketball star Caitlin Clark became the second-highest scorer in women's college basketball history yesterday in front of a sold-out crowd at Northwestern, 35 in a 110-74 blowout over the Wildcats. Bulls picked up a win last night over the Hornets, 117-110 in Charlotte. Colby White, 35. Bulls at 23-26 and 26. still hold the ninth seed, third of the four playing spots for the week until the trade deadline. Only one head coaching opening remaining in the NFL after the Seahawks hired Ravens D coordinator Mike McDonald to be their next head coach. Commanders are the final team with a vacancy. And Northwestern head coach Chris Collins ejected yesterday with 1.7 seconds left in an overtime loss to Purdue. Postgame, Collins called out the 38-shot free throw differential in the game. Chris is doing a great job there. They should have won that game in regulation. They didn't but they're going to go to the tournament back-to-back years that's never happened in the school's history. Jay
0: Moore. Cap and Jay Hood, I'm back. We are back,
2: baby. We are back.
0: We are back. Classic. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. We'll
1: check out the weekend weather with Tracy Butler coming up. It's 9.50 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button for YouTube, YouTube youtube.com. Look for ESPN Chicago, the channel. You get a chance to watch all the shows live and all the extra contents available on YouTube, YouTube youtube.com, ESPN 1000 Chicago channel. And yeah, by the way, for those that don't know, classic game again between Purdue and Northwestern, as Cap mentioned in the headlines. Northwestern was six for eight from the foul line. Purdue, 29 for 46. 46 times to the foul line? This has become a budding rivalry because yeah. Northwestern beat Purdue's ass at Welsh Ryan. Um, and they did twice, back-to-back years, while Purdue was at the top of the heap in, in college basketball. But 46-8, uh, to 8, you would have been ejected too. You? Oh, my God. Gone. First of all, there <laughs> was one.
2: Zach Eady is in the post. He's getting guarded by a guy who's way shorter than him for Northwestern. And the Northwestern player literally, it's called the principle of verticality. Where yes. The defender owns the space he's standing in, with his hands straight up, all the way to the ceiling, and boom, there goes Zach Eadie. Takes his arm, runs it right into the Northwestern player. foul on Northwestern. I don't know what that official was looking
1: at. Yeah. No idea. I mean, I know it's on the road for Northwestern, but it's, a call's a call. So we forty-six to eight. And I was very impressed with Chris in the post
2: game. He. Called out that he just said I don't know how I've never seen a disparity a box score like that, but he would not criticize the officials. He said they do a good job. Like he calmed down. Yes, Chris knows he got screwed last night.
1: Yeah, and by the way, if someone didn't know who Chris Collins was, what the way he got ejected looks just like his dad. Yes, looks like Doug. Doug listens to our show in Arizona. Yes, he looked just like Doug when he, he went did. after officials, and rightfully so. By the way, he always had a point to make. Doug, Doug Collins, Doug's the best. I love <laughs> Doug Collins. <laughs> New piece in the Athletic athletic.com. Aaron Rodgers ghosted Zach Wilson after the injury that he suffered. Uh, uh, abandoned mentor mentor e. I'm sorry, mentor mentee relationship built over the summer. So that's what we were uh, led to believe. Cap that Rodgers and Wilson, the two quarterbacks with the Jets. We're supposed to build a relationship together. Does he get the worst teammate award? I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson together. You saw the injury to Aaron Rodgers. We all know about it. What happened there? What happened to the mentor mentee relationship? It's a bad teammate. Well, first
2: of all, he tears his Achilles. Yep. Yeah. He's trying to go through a radical surgery to get back on the field, to be there for his team. And I don't know what the relationship was like between him and Zach Wilson. I've always liked Aaron. Was Aaron at fault here? That article certainly doesn't make him sound like a great teammate.
1: Ghosted is not a good word. Aaron Rodgers ghosted Zach Zach Wilson. That's what it says.
2: I would have thought he would have been on the phone or Zoom or text with him throughout this whole process but maybe not maybe the coaches didn't want that i don't know the answer to that all i know is reading that article that franchise is a train wreck
1: worst teammate award so think about it in 2024 the worst teammates milton bradley milton bradley would be on the top of the list along with some of his stuff off the field that was not great either he was a bad teammate yes uh would you say that richie incognito was a bad teammate i would say so his fight with Jonathan Martin yeah. along racial lines, that right. wasn't
2: great. Now, other, there are others who liked playing with him. Maybe he was a warrior to play with as an offensive lineman, but it doesn't sound like he was a great teammate. It does not. I don't know. I've never met the guy.
1: How about Delante West?
2: Is that the one that allegedly hooked up with a famous player's mother?
1: Yes. Which famous player? LeBron. Yep. Oh! Bingo. With more, here's Jay Moore. Jay Moore, go ahead. <laughs> He's getting the cut to, uh, cut to the day ready. How about here's one outside the box cap. What about Tanya Harding? Bad teammate. I mean, really? We just celebrate that out. Not celebrate. We, all, we just surpassed that anniversary.
2: Right. Not too long ago. Of Shane Stant clubbing Nancy Kerrigan in the <laughs> knee. At the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit.
1: And yes, they're individual uh, performances, but they were on a Why? team together. Yes. <laughs> they're on a team together. So yes, that's a bad teammate. When you try to take out one of your teammates with a, a club <laughs> or a pipe. I still can't believe that happened. Yeah. Big time ratings for that. That was box office. Like,
2: Tanya Harding's boyfriend or husband mm-hmm. hired a hitman to whack her in the knee with a, <laughs> with a pipe.
1: Yes. That's a real thing.
5: Oh, <laughs> I'll never forget it.
1: Like you can't make this stuff up. There were so many movies made from that. What about Terrell Owens? To bad teammate. Or oh, is that too far? I don't know. Well, I mean, you saw the T. You seen To? I mean, it, what do you think? Ultimately, probably a bad teammate. Maybe. I mean, just- um, Jay Cutler. Now that we see it, yeah. Brandon Marshall?
3: Brandon Marshall, yes. Martellus Bennett? Didn't Brandon Marshall just call out Jay Cutler? He did.
1: Aren't they on the same show? Aren't they on the same show? On on NFL uh, whatever the the, the NFL show is, Cap, that they have. Remember it used to be on HBO? I I thought they were hosting the same show, hosted by Ryan Clark. I don't know. I thought they were on the same show. Brandon Marshall uh, says that uh, Jay Cutler was not a great guy.
0: Jay was just such a you're such a d- I'll go out there, run a the route, and maybe I, I wore something that he ain't like that day. I may have said something to me today. Maybe it was a little too edgy, and then he'll throw the ball in the dirt. Like, I run a beautiful comeback, and then the ball just hit the ground, and he just... I'm like, come on, bro. Like, what, what, what are we doing here? I give Jay Cutler a hard time, but I will say, like, he taught me a lot. A lot of things off the field, the books that I read, parenting. So I learned so much from Jay Cutler, but Jay Cutler was a d- he really was. <laughs> I
5: love Jay Cutler. I did. I've had my own encounters with Jay, and he was fine. I didn't have to be a teammate with him, so that's different. And I think the overwhelming majority of people that have
0: been teammates with him would agree with what you just said. As a teammate, you would love him. For me, it was that, like you said, that special relationship. I was almost like baby brother to him. Mm. That's uh, R-
1: RG3 and the and the Ones. That was on that podcast. Brandon Marshall talking about Jay Cutler. Well, let me just tell you, Cap. You heard me told, tell this story before. Mm-hmm. No, I was hosting a show. Jesse and I were hosting a show with Brandon Marshall at FitSpeed in Northbrook. And during the break, Brandon Marshall told me, "Hey, man, could you talk up Jimmy Clausen for me? You want me to do what? Yeah, man. Like he could be like our quarterback. Yeah, I'm not doing that. It's like why would I do that? Jay Cutler's your quarterback. Why would I talk up Jimmy Clausen? Damn, man. Come on, man. Like no, I'm not doing that." Jimmy Clausen is a starting quarterback for for the Chicago... B- no shot. And he ended up getting...
2: Uh, Cutler got benched for a game by Tressman. You remember this? Yes. Yeah, Jimmy Clausen
1: will be starting this week. What? Mm-mm. But that's just... That's a bad teammate. Quietly wanting me to talk up Clausen to ask him questions about it. I got the questions, pal. You just answer them. Think of all the drama that was going on. Well, first of all, this all started on Twitter between Brandon Marshall and, and Jay Cutler because they... We're in Denver together, and there was that little flirtation from Jay. Hey, would you want to play with the Chicago Bears? Blah blah blah. And then Marshall's on the Bears, and then you saw what happened. Stop! You you tried to undercut him because you wanted Jimmy Clausen to start. Are you kidding me? Crazy. <laughs> so yeah, maybe they didn't get, get along. Maybe that is the case. Fit Speed Northbrook. I don't know if it's still there.
2: I don't think. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. Yeah,
1: Fit speed. I mean, it's like a workout a gym, place.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's there.
3: Yeah, so there you go. You know the best bad teammate story? was Barry Bonds walking into a pitcher's meeting to tell all his teammates that he homered off of him. That's the greatest. That's pretty funny. <laughs> he walks into a pitcher's meeting to tell the newly acquired pitchers, I got you and you and you and you. <laughs> That's amazing. That's Who's pretty
1: next? good. <laughs> that, that is a chip on the shoulder. It's Bonds, man. Of course you would do that. All right, we're going to find out about the, the weather around here. I see the sun. What is that big orange thing in the sky? Oh, wow. Tracy. No, no, it's the sun. Tracy hey. doing a great job. Yes, we're going to hear from Tracy coming up next. Captain Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports.
2: If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago.
3: Love each other.
1: Time for the
2: Cap and Jay Hood Cut of the Day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. It's at LaSalle, north side of the Chicago River, and it's awesome. Jay Moore. Yo. Yes, it's boring,
3: but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. if it's you... not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right. All right, next on the list was uh, wide receiver T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think a lot of people expect him to get a deal done and stay in Cincinnati for at least another season. But if he does hit free agency, PFF lists Carolina, Jacksonville, and New England as the top destinations. I was surprised to know Chicago there.
1: Well,
2: are, are the Bears prepared to pay him $22 million a year? That's what he's looking for.
1: Cap, you haven't made the call yet, right, to his mom, right?
2: I have not called the mom as of late.
1: Hey, baby. We want your son on the bears. Hey, baby. Is
2: that what are you going to do, give him a call? I, I won't call her baby, but... Why not? We don't have that kind of relationship.
1: You don't need... You know, she, she'd respond. Hey. She responds. So, so, she definitely would respond. Hey, mama. <laughs> it's Cap. Just talk to her like, you know, like Smokey Robinson.
2: Happy Chanuka. Yeah, that's it. That's smooth. <laughs> hey, happy, happy Chinooka.
3: Hey, I have baby. no idea what Chinooka is.
1: Hey, baby. Happy that'll
3: get chinooka. it done. That's the recruiting pitch for T. Higgins. <laughs> that'll make him wearing a, a bear logo. Hey, mama. That's the, that's it's, the move.
2: It's Cap from the Southwest flight to Kansas City.
1: Happy Chinooka. <laughs> <laughs> that's the... uh, yeah, I'd love that. Oh, T. Higgins. Oh, my God. What was it? Uh, Jay, go ahead. Nah, I'm Can just you laughing at just, it there be just, I mean, that's how you guys, you know, if you want T. Higgins, you guys, you know, speak smooth,
3: <laughs> nice and sweet. Surprise, Pillow surprise. talk with Mrs. Higgins. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's exactly <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I'm Captain Jay <laughs> <Hood>. Cap and J. Hood. Cap Woo's T. Higgins' mother.
2: What's that? Hey, baby. You said, ready to come we, over? We'd love to get him here in Chicago. You know his daddy <laughs> is from Chicago. But oh, anyway. Really?
1: that Chateau, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, <laughs> baby. <But> anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Heavy Chinooka Mrs. Higgins.
1: Here is my brother, Shay Norling. Shay? <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's my pimp hat?
3: And that's all, folks.
1: The Captain J-Hood Cut of the Day, baby. Brought to you by...
2: Chicago Cut Steakhouse, baby. Yes, LaSalle, Northside Chicago River, David Flom, Matt Moore have put together an amazing meal.
1: This is
3: Smokey
1: Robinson. <laughs> Tracy Butler from ABC 7. I would assume joins us. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. She has the funky weather. I do. And happy Chinooka. Happy Chinooka to you. <laughs> I have
2: no idea what Chinooka is. <laughs> the best. He's the so, what do we got out. going here? Because I want to walk in shorts today.
6: Okay. Well, you know, here's the thing. What time are you going to take your walk?
2: Uh, about three o'clock.
6: Oh, okay. You're going to feel the cold front then.
2: Okay. How about if I do it now, like after the radio show?
6: Yeah. I would do so. We're going to hit our high for the day. Upper 40s around 50 early this afternoon
2: i'll get it in i'm gonna do it at 11 a.m
6: okay so after three o'clock we're gonna get a little cold front it's gonna back its way down the lake and we will see a pretty significant temperature drop during that time now it's not gonna be cold maybe like seven eight nine degrees
2: that's nothing
6: i know Temperature's still above average but i know how you are you know you got to protect your sensitive little skin so (laughs) we have to um Fencing, you know, caution skin. you about these backdoor cold fronts, we call them. If
1: we pardon the expression, go ahead.
6: Coming down the lakefront.
1: Uh-huh.
6: Um, yeah, so, but we, you guys, we have a stretch of weather here that's going to be extraordinary into early next week. Do you remember where you were 13 years ago? The Groundhog Day blizzard of 2011? Yes,
2: yes. I remember that. Yeah? Yes. The Groundhog yes. Day yes. blizzard of 2011. Remember, remember all that. the
6: cars on, Lakeshore Shore Drive?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do it's recall
6: that. January 31st. Through February 2nd. Why would they park
2: out there? I don't understand why. All
1: right. See, he doesn't understand it. <laughs> he he just... nice. But nonetheless, we won't be getting any of that. No. Yeah. So great.
2: It ju-
6: just goes to show you what can happen this time of year. Are we done
2: for snow for the year?
6: Good gravy, no.
2: I mean, blizzard snow. I don't they... talk about flurries.
6: Well, you know, we've had miserable snow even into early May. Not a blizzard.
1: You're
2: better. But than we've
6: that. had snowstorms in March.
1: You're better than that.
6: Come Boat on, it's meteorologically season. exciting.
1: see exactly right, including the 100 inches of snow in Anchorage.
6: Yes. Read
1: about that yesterday.
6: And they average like 75 in a winter. So <laughs> yes. They're over that.
2: You know what they average in Lake Tahoe? Tell me. Like 400 inches
1: of snow.
6: Well, thanks for yeah. that info. There you go. Yeah, wow. I
1: could be a meteorologist.
6: I'll verify that.
1: You know how many bodies you find in those, uh, in those <laughs> <laughs> snow piles when it melts? I might become a meteorologist.
3: Might as well. Yeah, might as well. yeah
6: check your app.
3: Yeah, it's 62 great time for career change.
1: We well, thank you for listening 63. You call again.
3: Hey, it's easy. And being Even
1: part back. of the
6: program here hey, on Captain James. It's sunny with
1: J. a chance Hood.
3: of rain.
6: Oh yeah. I'm Cap. Here, let me check my app. <laughs> I'm Cap. From Chicago. Take that. <laughs>